Ecclesia is a new church trying to live out the way of Jesus in Princeton, New Jersey. We pray this teaching invites you to love Jesus and people more deeply and to embrace the full life that Jesus offers each one of us. Grace and peace to you. So it says in Daniel chapter 1, verse 1, if you have a Bible, you can open that up or you can open up another screen. It says in the third year, of the reign of King Jehoiakim of Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and he besieged it. The Lord let Jehoiakim fall into his power, as well as some of the vassals of the house of God. And so when we meet Daniel in this story, what we find is that there is a uh, has been a, an unfolding of historical events. 587 BC, the, the, the city of Jerusalem was sieged by the Babylonians. And it was laid utterly to waste. And so in this moment, um, Daniel is dealing not only with the, the crumbling of his homeland, this, this, uh, this whole disorienting uh, sense of everything sort of changing rapidly in the, in the morning of the loss. You can read in Lamentations to get a sense. Like this wasn't just, oh, now uh, Daniel's going to move to another city. His whole culture and heritage had been completely and utterly devastated. Lamentations, the poem that, that writes from the perspective of somebody watching the city crumble, puts this into words for us well. Lamentations 1, verses 1 and 2. How lonely sits the city that once was full of people. How like a widow she has become. She was, that was great among the nations. She that was a princess among, among the provinces has become a vassal. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has no one to comfort her. And friends, this morning, first of all, I just want to invite you uh, to, to, to allow yourself to, to grieve. To allow yourself to grieve whether you're a student and there were, there were things that were on the horizon uh, for you, things you were preparing for, spring productions or sports, uh, whether you're uh, a parent and you're thinking about things that your kids are grieving, uh, we're, we're in a profound moment of societal grieving. And as we meet Daniel, he, there's this like wrenching thing that's happening. Because Daniel has been taken from his homeland. And as we'll see in just a moment, he's been transported to Babylon. You see, this has been practiced by imperial uh, powers kind of throughout the history of the world. But in order to, to, to like fully make a uh, conquered people subservient to them, oftentimes uh, imperial powers like Babylon, like Persia, historically, would employ conquered peoples in their service. They would train them in their ways. And this is what we are going to see in the book of Daniel. Is that Daniel is, is, is going to be completely almost retrained. His brain, all of his fundamental operating systems are going to be wiped over. The disc is going to be formatted. And now, Daniel is going to be uh, made into a Babylonian. And so, this, this morning, as, as you're thinking about the sense of loss that you may feel, the sense of despair that you may feel, would you just allow that to sit for a minute? Would you just allow the morning to take place? It's, it's too quick for us, and, and things are happening too quickly for us to feel like we need to move on to the next thing. Daniel finds himself in a new scenario, and we're going to look at how he responds. 
But this morning, if there's just a sense of longing, a sense of loss, a sense of ache for you, would you just allow God to just, just have that and carry that for a moment? First Peter says to cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. And God is meeting you here you know, in, the, in the place of broken dreams or the place of, 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 of a fearful, uh, fear-filled future. God is meeting you in that place. And what we see in Daniel is that he, as he's transported to a new situation, we see some principles of exile. And I think in, in many ways, our culture is in exile. We've all been banished to our homes. And, and it's calling for a, a time of renewal. It's calling for a time of seeking anew for the people of God to see what God might be doing in the midst of this. And so we're going to see some principles of exile from the book of Daniel. The first one that we see, and if you're following along on our liturgy there on our website, you can see uh, the first point. Exile means new names and new rules. In Daniel chapter 1, there are four men listed who are transported from Jerusalem to Babylon to be served, uh, to serve in the king's court. And, and it says that the Babylonians actually give each of them new names. The, 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 their Jewish names that were given are Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But the palace master gives them other names. Daniel he calls Belteshazzar, although we keep calling Daniel by his name. And then the, the sort of more famous trio here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But exile means new names and new roles. How many of us this week, you were, you were immersed in the role of, you know, for me as a pastor, I, I feel like a vlogger all of a sudden, staring into a phone, trying to communicate to people. It is not the same, and I don't love it. Also, a homeschool teacher. How many of us were, were sort of immersed into new roles? You were able to, you know, be just kind of, do your own thing, and now you're confined to your house. I don't know where you're coming to, but exile, the first principle of exile is that we see that we get uh, new names and new roles. And what I want to put before us this morning is, is that as we're being called to a moment, a moment of, of sacrifice, a, a moment of renewal, is that perhaps these uh, new names and these new roles aren't just something to be lost, but it's something to be gained. You know, Ronald Rollheiser talks about mature faith. Uh, you know, we spend most of our lives, he's, he talks about this general principle of growing up, trying to establish an identity, trying to figure out who we are in the world. But Ronald Rollheiser says the next step is figuring out how we can begin to give our lives away. And this call, this first principle of exile, new names, new roles, perhaps God is calling you. To, to a new understanding of your, uh, your relationship to Him, of what it means to be a daughter and a son, but also to a new uh, position of, a, of leadership, to a new way of serving your neighbors, to a new way of serving in the church and, and, and pastoring and praying for and leading other people. You see, what we see is that when God is shaking everything, when it seems like all is lost, that God is, is works and the kingdom works in seed form, that as he buries a seed deep in the ground, he is working his power and his beauty to bring newness. And this morning, I wonder if we begin to see through the life of Daniel that they are given new names and new roles. They are invited to work in the, uh, the context of the king of Babylon. 
And we'll see that God actually meets them in profound ways in the midst of this uh, context here. But this morning, I want to invite you both to lament what has been lost, the roles or the plans or the dreams that have been lost, but also in a way of hope and in a way of, of expectation, what might God be doing in the midst of this? The first principle of exiles is that we get new names and new roles. And I want to invite you, if you're playing the role of homeschool teacher now, or if you're, if you're having to uh, do something you didn't previously have to do, or if you had something taken away from you, that is an opportunity and an invitation for God to meet with you. And so I want to invite you to begin to just pursue what does this look like. And we're going to see how Daniel and his friends began to pursue that. So in Daniel chapter 1, in verses, uh, verse 8, it says that, But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the royal rations of food and wine. So he asked the palace master to allow him not to defile himself. Now God allowed Daniel to receive favor and compassion from the palace master. And the palace master said to Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king. He has appointed your food and your drink. If he should see you in poorer condition than the other young men of your own age, you would endanger my head with the king. But then Daniel asked the guard whom the palace master had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please, test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. You can compare then our appearance with the appearance of the young men who eat the royal rations, and deal with your servants according to what you observe. So he agreed to this proposal and tested them for ten days. At the end of the ten days, it was observed that they appeared better and fatter than all the young men who had been eating the royal rations. So the guard continued to withdraw their royal rations and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. Now, you may be thinking, I'm, I'm stuck in my house. I don't want to eat just vegetables and water. Like that's the worst case scenario of all this going on. But I, I want you to see the principle here. Daniel and his friends, in order to pursue the presence of God and see what God might be doing in the reality of their new situation, they, they, they embrace a posture of fasting. They embrace this um, element of, of denying themselves. And, and here's what I want to say to us as a church, Ecclesia. For us, we, we believe that God works through science. We believe that God works through medicine. We are praying and hoping that God um, you know, inspires and, and influences the explorations of humankind to come up with a vaccine and something profound in the midst of this. But, but more so, we believe that we, we receive our salvation from God himself. And so if salvation in this moment looks like uh, healing, then we pursue God's presence. And, and, and what I want to suggest to you this morning is that perhaps pursuing God's presence means uh, stripping away some of the other stuff as we talked about last week. And so I want to encourage you over the next 10 days as a church community, uh, we're going to have some resources on praying through Psalm 91 from our uh, dear friend Elisa. And also I'm going to encourage you as a church uh, if you're able, and this is um, just as I know so many of us have different uh, health restrictions, that kind of stuff, but if you're able, or, or you can choose something else, I, I would encourage you to fast one meal a day for the next, as Daniel kind of puts this principle in place, 10 days. And just pray. Pray big prayers. Pray that God would do something in our midst, uh, societally, something uh, on a global scale. 
that would that would work salvation and healing for the nations. Daniel and his friends, in response to the realities of exile, they seek the face of the Lord through fasting. They deny uh, themselves, even though they're offered delicious meat and wine. They say, that's not going to be for me right now. And so, friends, I want to encourage us as the people of God. Jesus talks about there's, there's different spiritual forces at work in the New Testament. And Jesus talks about the disciples come to him, and, and they've tried to, to cast out this evil spirit. And they pray their best prayers, and eventually they have to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, we, we can't do this. This, this uh, evil spirit won't leave. And Jesus says, some of these evil spirits only come out by prayer and fasting. And friends, perhaps in this moment of, of, of really restricting, this moment of compressing our lives and, and in many ways simplifying them, God is calling us to be people who respond and seek His presence and seek His power. And this leads us to our next uh, kind of bullet point here. Exile means new power. Just as we're given new roles and new names, God is not saying, okay, good luck in your new situation. You can figure it out. God is meeting the people there. Look in Daniel chapter 1, verse 17. To these four young men, as they pursued the presence of God, as they sought to honor God, even in the midst of the reality of their new exilic situation, God gave knowledge and skill in every aspect of literature and wisdom. And Daniel also had insight into all visions and dreams. So the reality of exile is, even as we feel like our power and our freedom is being stripped away, God is meeting us in a profound way to meet the needs of the situation. And so friends, perhaps you've never really considered yourself a spiritual person. Perhaps you've never really um, understood that God may have placed gifts and a calling in your life. But I want to tell you plainly right now, you have a role to play in this. Friends, this is the greatest story that any of us have ever lived out. This is a moment for the church to be the church. Our grandkids are going to ask us, what did you do during the coronavirus? What was it like? And friends, I believe that as we pursue the presence of God, as we seek God's power, as He meets us with new uh, manifestations of His presence and His love for the world, that we will be able to tell stories of miracles, of provision, of miracles, of God doing things beyond what we could ask or imagine. And friends, I don't know about you, but I think there's this deep-seated need in all of us to live out a great story. This is our moment. This is our time. And so even as I, I know so many of us are just dealing with the weight of, of the daily events and just trying to get through the day, Daniel and his friends were in the same spot. Their whole city had been ravaged and completely laid waste. They had been transported to a new place, put in a kingdom. Their, their whole reality was they were trying to uh, just mind wipe their culture and completely uh, change them from being Jewish young men to being Babylonians. Can I just encourage you, even as you're dealing with the weight of sorrow, the weight of lost dreams, to see that there is a future and you have a part to play in it. I want to encourage you to pursue, and as we fast together as a church across the distance for 10 days, I think that God is going to begin to show us what He's doing in our lives and what He wants us to begin to foster in our neighborhoods and in our local spaces. But exile, the second principle of exile is that exile means a new sense of God's power. 
There's another moment where Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and no one in the kingdom can interpret the dream. And Nebuchadnezzar, just because he's one of those kinds of kings, determines that if, if nobody can interpret his dreams, then all these wise men that he's employed, see, kingdoms uh, used to employ people uh, to give advice and seek, seek the gods or a god on behalf of the kingdom. And Nebuchadnezzar's like, if I'm employing, I'm paying, and I'm feeding all these wise men, and none of them can tell me what my dream means, then I'll just have them all killed. And so Daniel gets wind of this, and he responds. He says, give me a moment, give me a night, and we're going to go and we're going to pray and see what God might be doing. And then it says in Daniel chapter 2, verses 17 through 19, Then Daniel went to his home and informed his companions, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, this mystery of Nebuchadnezzar's dream, so that Daniel and his companions, with the rest of the wise men of Babylon, might not perish. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night, and Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Friends, we have to pray on behalf of not only our own heads and our own lives, but on behalf of our neighbors, that God's mercy, that God's power would be made known. And, and here's what we see from the principles of exile. God will do it. He is meeting us here as we, as we go to him with our needs. Daniel was able to interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream because of the power of God. And so, friends, this morning, let us pursue that in prayer and in fasting. The last principle of exile is that exile means a deeper sense of God's presence. And, friends, this perhaps is the most important thing for us to grasp this morning. Nebuchadnezzar, again, sort of egomaniac, uh, not that we have any of those in our own world leading uh, major things. Nebuchadnezzar decides that all the people, as we saw in the story of Daniel, should worship him. That was King Darius. We see how these kings just completely do the same thing over and over again. But Nebuchadnezzar sets up this golden image. And, and he's got these bells and these uh, you know, uh, trumpets and all these things that play. And he says, when you hear these things, you should bow down and you should worship me. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, being good Jewish boys, know that they can't worship anybody but God. And so the, the, the people uh, who are fellow wise men and advisors to the king see that these three young men do not bow down and worship the golden image. And so Nebuchadnezzar determines that he's going to throw them into a blazing, fiery furnace. And in that moment, friends, what we see is the third principle of this sort of exile that we're feeling, this sort of wilderness wandering. Nebuchadnezzar throws them into the fire. We're going to pick it up in... Chapter 3. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in verse 13, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought in. So they brought those men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods, and you do not worship the golden statue that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, the trigon, the harp, the drum, and the entire musical ensemble to fall down and worship the statue that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God that will deliver you out of my hands? And look at what, what they say to him. O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to present to you a defense in this matter. If our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and out of your hand, O king, let him deliver us. But if it not, be it known to you 
that we will not serve your gods and we will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. Friends, this morning, there's this amazing almost resignation on the part of these men as they say, you know, God is able, but even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, he's still God. Even if he doesn't, he's still good. And then we see as these three men are thrust into this burning fire, in verses 24 and 25, it says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up quickly. He said to his counselors, Was it not three men that we threw bound into the fire? They answered the king, That is true, O king, there were three men. And he replied, But I see four men unbound, walking in the middle of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the fourth has the appearance of a god. Friends, we have been thrust into a fiery furnace. But what we see throughout the history of the story of the people of God is that God will never leave us. And that in fact, when we are in the the hottest blazing furnace, is that God meets us there in profound ways. And so this, this third principle of exile is that exile means a deeper sense of God's presence. Exile means that the world can see that there is something beyond our understanding and our limitations that, that they can look at and say, wow, you have something beyond, uh, beyond what I can uh, kind of understand. And so friends, for us this morning, if you're feeling like you are in the furnace, you are in the fire, would you see that God is meeting you there? That he is coming to you himself. And as we see in, in the, the beautiful uh, person of Jesus, as he comes to the earth, he takes the fire on our behalf. He takes the furnace. He goes, he turns up the, the fire to its hottest extent. And he shows us also that as, as he's willing to give his life for us, as he's willing to lay it down, that God doesn't just, uh, you know, we're not set in furnaces just so that we might be burned up, but that God is doing a new thing, that out of that furnace comes a beautiful and precious life. And so, friends, before us this morning, I just want to challenge you that even in the midst of these days, these uncertain and hard days, that God is doing a new thing. And that if all you need to hear if, if it may feel like the fiery furnace doors have been shut upon you, that there is just darkness and heat and there is no hope, I pray and I know that you will see that God is meeting you there. And so would you just cry out to him, I need you this morning. Would you just say, Lord, save us. Lord, do something beyond my own imaginations, my own uh, sort of restrictions of what I put upon what you might be doing as God in our life. And so friends, this morning, We see these three principles of exile. Exile means new names and new roles. And so many of us felt that immediately. Maybe you lost a role. Maybe you took on a role. Exile means new power. And ultimately, exile means a deeper sense of God's presence. The psalm that we read at the beginning of our time together. Psalm 23. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to be afraid. Not because we are able, not because we are strong, but because God is with us. And so, friends, this morning, I pray. I pray for you. If, if this is the first time in your life you've ever just said, God, I need you. I don't have a handle on the situation. Can I just invite you to just pray that prayer, just to say, Lord, come save us. Come 
near. I need to know that there is a hope beyond what I can see because if I'm looking at the spreadsheets or I'm looking at the future, all I see is doom. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to be afraid because God himself is near to us. Let us pray together. Jesus, you are the God who draws near. God, throughout the story of the Bible, Lord, you have never once forsaken us, God. And so we ask that your presence would be made known to us in a profound way this morning. God, we ask that you would show us that you were calling us uh, to, to new levels of service to our neighbors, God. God, new levels of serving the church, of being people who embrace the reality of what it means to be your children. God, who live in light of your presence at every moment. And God, we pray. Um, Lord, as we, as we lift up our voices and our hearts to you and our needs to you, God, that we would see new manifestations of your power. God, new manifestations of your healing, God, healing of our hearts, God, healing of our bodies. Lord, we pray your protection uh, would go before medical workers and uh, people that are on the front lines. God, we pray your protection over those who are already afflicted, Jesus, that there would be supernatural healing because you are a God who makes a way. Lord Jesus, we love you, and it's your honor we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, please visit www.ecclesianj.com.